Steven Jensen. I'm here with Jesse Davin. We're going to be talking AEW All Out. This show was absolutely insane. Got a lot to talk about. Going to be going for an hour or so today. So, as always, if you want your voices heard, if you want your comments out there, you want your questions answered, make sure to send a super chat. You can do that right through YouTube, or you can send a donation. Link is in the description. Both work the same. Your message goes up on the screen, and we'll make sure to uh, read it out or to answer your question. All the audio will go on the Fight Talk podcast feed tomorrow as well, so all the audio listeners can hear your questions and um, your statements and all that as well. Before we get into this show, because there's a lot to talk about, Jesse, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm on cloud nine right now. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan for sure. Um, just a heads up, everybody. I'm not in the live chat. I was trying to get in there, but the video started playing. My uh, computer broke, so I'm on my phone. <laughs> so I can't really see anything. I did see we had a super chat really yep. quick. I'm trying to get in there, but okay, here. Hold on. You got it. Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay, cool. I'm in the chat now, I think. Let me just make sure I can mute it. I don't know. Anyways, well, I'll figure it out. But yes, I'm... What a show. Holy cow. What what a time to be alive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I've been saying on Twitter so often lately, like, this is the best time to be a wrestling fan in history. Like, I understand the argument for the the mid to late 90s I, in early 2000s. Like, I totally get that. Like, I lived through it. I, I'm 33. Just for anyone watching, like, I'm 33 years old. I started watching wrestling in, like, 1994 is when I can remember, like, being invested in wrestling. The, like, Hulk Hogan, Dungeon of Doom feud in WCW. Like, I was six years old. I remember I remember that very well. Um, but, like, the Monday Night Wars were awesome, right? But there was yeah. still a lot of stuff, like, it's hard to, it's hard to compare the two, but, like, excess, some people think the accessibility to wrestling now like myself, for instance, I think now's the best time because like you can get any wrestling show you want at the, at the click of a finger. Like it's all right there, and there's so many options. And the the level of athletes are like the, what you're seeing in the ring right now. In my opinion, is more impressive than what we were seeing back in the '90s. So yeah. I'm you know I think there's a lot of pros to right now. There are some people that that are old school fans that preferred the older days because like it wasn't as accessible. Like they had to like go out of their way to tape trade and all this stuff, which is cool, but like not nearly as convenient if you just want to like binge wrestling. Um, yeah. So, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's true. And, and, it, and I think that the, the level of accessibility internationally as well, I think is also kind of a big deal. Like I can watch like a new Japan show. Like I, there's, there's just, there's so much more of a buffet of selections for professional wrestling right now that just makes it such a great time to be a fan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like back back in the day, like to even in like the early 2000s, a lot of the shows before like live streaming really became pre prevalent, like and like everyone was doing it. Even back then, like. Even, like, Ring of Honor, which at the time was the biggest indie promotion, easily, back in, like, the early 2000s. They, mo even back then, up until, like, I can't remember the year it changed over, probably the early 2010s, but mm -hmm. they had, you would you could, like, you had to wait months to, to watch their pay-per-views. Like, you had to get it on DVD or go through, like, high spots yeah. or RF video or, like, shoot interviews and all this stuff. It just wasn't, 
it, it, I mean, it was way more accessible than it was back in like the eighties and nineties. But Ring of Fire shows up on like my cable television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they still. I, I mean, the this uh, Ring of Honor is a whole other conversation in itself. But like, yeah. but I don't know how they do such a bad job of marketing their show because it's free on their website every week. Like, you can literally just go on Ring dot com and just watch their one hour weekly show for free whenever you want. But but they don't do a good job of advertising that. And I think a lot of people are like, don't even know where to watch Ring of Honor. But it's like, if they were just really pushing through their social media, go to ringofhonor.com, watch it for free. You can watch, right. They ha- the sad thing is they have a really, really good roster. And they the, do. the stories make sense and the matches are good. Like everything I like out of wrestling, Ring of Honor does. Just very few people are paying attention to the show. And they've been really hurt by not having crowds. That, that hasn't helped. Yeah. Um. But that all said, let me hit a couple of these super chats real quick before we get into the all-out conversation. First one we had was from Matt Reichel. He said, or Reichel, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but thank you very much, Matt. He says, good morning, guys. Just got home from Chicago. I'm still on cloud nine, baby. Yeah. Wow. That Congratulations. You saw an all-timer of a pay-per-view, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, and Matt, I'm, I'm going to ask you, let, let us know in the chat. Don't have to super chat it. Um, just let us, just a response if you're still here. Uh, did you attend GCW or Black Label Pro or any of the other uh, indie stuff that was going on over the weekend? Because there wasn't, I mean, GCW, the GCW show the night before All Out, the, uh, from Saturday night, um, that was, was awesome. yeah, that was like, I mean, All Out was, was better, which we're going to talk about, but All Out was also like one of the best pay-per-views I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, GCW was like way up there too, though, on Saturday night. I mean, there was really good stuff. So yeah. thank you, Matt. Appreciate that a lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, keep, keep feeling free to interact in the chat. Uh, Kenny, that bastard with the super chat says, morning, you two need to watch all out today since I am not busy with work or college and seeing me some GCW as well. Also break to AEW soon. Gotta love it. Um, oh, Ooh. so he's basically saying he needs to catch up on, uh, on all out today and, uh, watch some of, uh, watch some of GCW. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much, Kenny, that bastard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Matt, I see in the chat, you said GCW was insanity. Did you attend live? Because that atmosphere was, that was odd. I really, I mean, I wish I could have been to both shows. I, I kind of regret not going to Chicago at this point, because, like, that... Me too. Yeah, that was... You know, there's no feasible way I could have made it work. Yeah, and I just had, I had too much going on on my end as well. I just, but that looked like, uh, yeah, this was a great weekend for professional wrestling. Yes. Um, as far as All Out, so I, I feel like we might as well just like start at like the big stuff and then work down because I think that's what most people are going to want to hear about. It's it's going to be hard to have this conversation without talking about some of the bigger stuff. So. We'll go ahead and just throw this right out there. I'll pull this up. We got a good little, a good little page here for Wikipedia. Hey, do you watch Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Is that on IWTV? That's on Fight TV. Oh, it's on Fight TV. Oh, actually, yeah, it's on Fight TV. It's on Fight TV. Okay. Um, pretty much anything GCW related at this point is Fight TV. Um, but I haven't watched the show yet. That was yesterday afternoon. I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. Apparently, it was really good too. Oh, I'm sure. I, all those events are are good. Um, 
they're different usually. Like you're gonna get a kind of a a, a, mix, a very mixed bag. Um, some people get kind of shocked at the things they see on those shows, but yeah. that they are they're very entertaining. The crowd, the, the live crowd, eats it up. Um, a couple more super chats. We got one from uh, we got one from Mike Jones says Thank Bucks. You. Thank you, Mike. Bucks said uh, says Bucks Omega and Cole versus Brian. Bucks, Omega, and Cole. Oh, versus Brian and a Jurassic Express and Christian Cage and Arthur Ashe. I'm talking a six-man. Oh, uh, that'd be sick. I'm definitely down for that. That's a good idea. That would be awesome. I feel like they need to do something big for that Arthur Ashe show since they kind of gave away all the surprises tonight or last night. Um, I know Brian Danielson was supposed to debut there, but things happen and things change. But I, I, I fully have faith in AEW, too make that Arthur Ashe stadium show absolutely worth it. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, there's still other people that they can debut at Arthur yeah. Ashe that are still going to be a big deal. Um, But, yeah, good good idea, Mike. I like the idea of that six-man match. And they set up, like, clearly, I, like, I think one of Adam Cole's first big feuds is going to be Jungle Boy based on what I saw last night and based and, on the, uh, the interview afterwards. Uh, that, yeah. Huh? I said, yeah, and based on what he said afterwards as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did the, the all those post or I was calling post fight interviews because the UFC for those uh post post match post show interviews. Um, Deshaun Turner with super chat says Vince and then quotes, "Hey Mark, need you tomorrow, need help." <laughs> I'm assuming you mean the Undertaker. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> I've said this a thousand times. I think we're gonna get Undertaker versus Sting in AEW one day. You really think that? Yep. He won't be able to be called the Undertaker unless he like somehow gets the rights to that. Which he he a couple of like the bigger WWE stars like Steve Austin can use Stone Cold outside of the WWE. The Rock has like joint rights with the WWE to use the name The Rock and stuff like that. I think Hulk Hogan just straight up owns Hulk Hogan. I don't think WWE can do anything yeah. about that. So there's there's um there, there's it's. But regardless, everyone knows who the Undertaker is. Like you can call him Dead Man or whatever you want to, and people are gonna know who it is. But I really think that uh, I know people think I'm crazy when I bring it up, but because everyone's like, "Well, you know, Undertaker's too loyal," and it's like, "Well, how loyalness kind of gets thrown out the window if Tony Khan calls you and goes, "Hey, we want to do the one match you never got to have, you and Sting." We're gonna give you like two million dollars to do a, a ten minute entrance and a five minute match. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who's gonna say yeah. no to that? Like walks bullshit walks. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that all being said, could, will the Undertaker maybe come back? Probably. I, I mean, that's what WWE does. They just retread. Like think about the buzz of like Brock Lesnar coming back in comparison to the buzz of everything we're seeing in AEW. It's not even close. Yeah, like, they just keep going back to the well and and bringing and John Cena was a temporary solution. Like he's gone again. Like it, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Undertaker's too loyal. People are saying I I get it, but people thought that Mark Henry was loyal and Big Show was loyal and and all these people. I mean, Brian Danielson. Everyone thought yeah. was an AW lifer. And I mean, granted, the Undertaker's on a different level. Like when it comes to that company, Undertaker's like the most probably the most respected person to ever work for the WWE. And him and Vince have a very special bond. But like, there's a lot of loyalty that gets thrown out the window when because think about it. If Undertaker wants to wrestle, 
if Vince doesn't want Undertaker, Undertaker wrestling, but Undertaker wants to wrestle, and someone's going to let him wrestle and give him a lot of money, and he can have matches that he's never had before in his career against people who are going to make him look really good. Like, if he wrestled Darby Allen, Darby Allen would just fly around the ring for him. I mean, it'd be, it'd be incredible. Undertaker would barely have to do anything. Right. Like, like, I mean, that young talent that they have there over at AEW. Yeah, exactly. So, Don't put him Goldberg. Yeah, it, yeah, I forgot about that completely. Yeah, you have Goldberg um, over on the other show. Like, that's that's their... That's that's their big returns, and then like you look at what AEW is doing, and the internet's just exploding over over what's happening with AEW. Anyway, the point. Thank you very much for the super chat. Uh, uh, that was from uh, Deshaun. So thank you, Deshaun, for the super chat. I w- I could be here all day talking about who I think um, may leave next and all that stuff, um, but it yeah. certainly it certainly feels like last night if. CM Punk was definitely, to me, a game changer. Like, that was such a earth-shattering moment. But we let's be real, we all knew that he was never going to go back to WWE. Like, come on, we all knew that. But last night, ending that show, Adam Cole walks out. Well, first, Ruby Soho appears, which was great, and she just immediately was over. You were kind of like, man, they really, you know, that other company really dropped the ball with her. But I'm really glad she's here now. And, you know, you keep going with the show. The show's incredible. Hit, hit, hit. No misses. And then to end the show, you have Adam Cole walk out. Immediately turns heel. Joins the elite. Like, he never even left. He's back from the dead. It's absolutely great. He fits right in. You're like, man. And we all know how much WWE really, really wanted to keep Adam Cole. And then all of a sudden, you know, goodbye and good night. All of a sudden, final countdown. Brian Danielson comes out. It just, it felt like such, such a, a blow to WWE. But more importantly, honestly, I could give less of a rat's ass about what WWE does at this point. Because... AEW is for the fans. And at, at this point, it's an insult to AEW to even, like, compare them to WWE. Like, they are just doing... They're doing what the fans want. And it's so refreshing, and it is an alternative. I don't think it's a, it's a middle finger to WWE. I just think it's, honestly, it's for the fans. And I think that that's the most important thing, is wrestling is fun again. I mean, last night was fun as hell. I was having so much fun last night. It was... It really does bring life into the hobby that seemed dead in the water just like a couple years ago. And I'm so grateful and thankful for it. And I'm so grateful and thankful to all the AEW talent who put on just an absolutely incredible show last night. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great time. Great time to be a wrestling fan. Um, AEW's listening to the fans. And it, one of us is running the company. I mean, I can't stress that enough. Tony Khan being in charge is like, that's the key to all of this being possible. Like, he's a guy in his 30s with access to billions of dollars that basically has the same mind for wrestling I do. So it's like yeah. when he, he just able to put this stuff on television for everybody, which is just incredible. Um, one thing I need to mention, because you mentioned the final countdown. Unfortunately, Dana Bryan didn't come out to the final countdown, but. Oh, it, it was. <laughs> The, I know I wanted to say I was like still fantasy booking uh-huh. it, but it was definitely not the final countdown. I'm sure that song is expensive, but it was like yeah. a knock on 
it in sort of a way. It had, well, there was the beginning of that yeah. WWE theme music. Yeah. That, that's public domain. Sure. So, I mean, it was kind of a banger, but it wasn't... You can tell the beat of it is like if they want to go with Daniel Bryan doing the yes chance, it's almost like it almost has the same kind of tempo or beat of like Matt Riddle's song where it's like, yeah, it's really easy to go bro, 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 bro to it. Where like the Daniel Bryan one would be really easy to go, yes, 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 yes to like those. I could, I could tell that's why the, the beat is how it is, but the, but the. The thing with Final Countdown is, like, would it have made it even better? Sure. Because, like, that's... It's such an epic entrance music that, like, we just haven't seen him come out to since he signed with the WWE. But, like... They're... Like you said... I mean, obviously they attempted it. So, like, who knows if it was... Like, perfect example is there's a song called Jane that Orange Cassidy used yeah. on the Indies. Couldn't get it, right? Yeah, like AEW reached out to the band or the the label, whoever was, actually owns the song, uh, for a year straight and just never heard back. So then they wound up uh, just going with that Where's My Mind song because that band got right back to them. So they were like, you know what, this is a good song. So we're going to go with this instead. We're not going to wait around for uh, uh, for this Jane song to, to get cleared. But then there's other ones like Ruby Soho's music. That's licensed. Um, yeah. There's a lot of them now. Obviously, they're the ones that we've been seeing and you know, Jungle Boy and CM Punk and everything. Like, there's, it's pretty awesome. So you know that they, you know that they made the attempt for sure yeah. to get the song. Had to um, make an. I, I I I would hate to hear that Europe didn't want to be involved though. If that was like, um, because like they haven't done anything in so long. That band, like you would feel that you relevant. Yeah, like, yeah, you would think that they would just want it out there. Because, like, they'd make a lot of money off of it, too, to have it used on AEW. So, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Um, I think Brian Danielson will probably get new music. Um, I think this was done probably pretty quickly. Yeah, Mikey Ruckus is a magician, but he's no miracle worker, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I'm always happy for that, dude, because I think he does really hard work. Um, (laughs) Lucha Bros entrance. Did that was him? Was that him? That was, well, that was him rapping first. Oh, I didn't real. I didn't even put that together. That yeah. totally makes sense. I didn't even realize that was. I know him through Twitter, but like I've never like seen him before. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I mean, and that that entrance was great. Oh, that, that was live so entrance. good. You know what? Okay, I want to talk about that for a second, really quick. Mm-hmm. That to me, that entrance by the Lucha Bros was such a brilliant. Um, moved by AEW, and here's why. I think a lot of people, we love the Lucha Bros. Don't don't get me wrong, they're great. We all knew this match was going to be a banger. It ended up being one of the greatest tag team matches I've ever seen, and it was just, it was absolutely incredible, and they ended up getting the win, right? Cool. Awesome. However, they were kind of, I feel like they kind of would have been booed just a little bit, because people really wanted Jurassic Express to be in that spot i feel like there's a lot of people not a huge amount but a lot of people that really wanted jurassic express in that and you know the lucha bros are kind of heelish i mean you know they're just kind of they're badass they're kind of rebels and i feel like you know jurassic express is such a baby face team so i think by having them have that just amazing badass entrance and then to have the young bucks just come out and do their stupid shtick you know like the heels that they are, really established 
the Lucha Bros as the baby faces of this match and really got the crowd behind them. I mean, my God, did the, the crowd get behind them. And then to have them win, they get that huge baby face pop. I think it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the entrances were, like, perfect for that match. And Nick Jackson with the, like, Hulk Hogan style or Scott Steiner style, like, where he, he uh, dyed his mustache yeah. and the same color of his hair and everything like yeah that was that was great um that the entrances the the walkout music for lucha bros that was better done than like once again like i just wwe is one of the few things to compare it to but like wwe i don't think does that good of a job usually with that kind no, of stuff. that was um, great yeah because usually you get like Either you get someone who doesn't sound at all like they do recorded when they're doing it live, or they're just lip syncing. So, this was like, those guys were like clearly performing that song live. And like, it sounded great, and it was clear, and like the energy was up, and like, yeah, it was... Oh, it's organic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was just really, really well done. Um, So that's kind of some of like the highlights with like... uh, you know, debuts and whatnot. Let's run through the actual show. We've got okay. about, I don't even know how long we got, about a half hour or so. Um, so, uh, pre-show we had Best Friends, which was Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Yuta, over, and, and the Jurassic Express, uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, over the Hardy Family Office, Matt Hardy Private Party, Hybrid 2, um, and then we also saw we saw Butcher and Blade. Yeah. Um, I guess after the match, like Blade attacked. There was like a like a, a like a uh, uh, some sort of like fights afterwards. I can't remember exactly how this went, but um, thought it was a good match and everything. Like, and I expected the best friends to win. Uh, there's not a whole lot to really talk about, but like this was like a just a really really solid match, and I'm glad that everybody at least all these people got to perform in front of that crowd at all out. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, it was it was a perfect kind of buy-in match, and it was. I'm glad it um, actually got moved. I I think it was moved, wasn't it? And I'm glad that the uh, women's casino battle royal got put on the main card, even though that is a typical buy-in match. But I thought this was fine. This was just it wasn't like anything too special. I missed the end because I was giving Savannah a bath. But um, yeah, I thought. From what I saw, it was really, really fun. And it was just, it was fine. Yeah, good stuff. A lot of great talent there. The actual opener of the show, they kicked it right off with Miro defending and retaining the uh, AWTNT Championship over Eddie Kingston. Kingston came out first for the night, got a massive pop. Um, Just crazy to see where he's come. I mean, the guy wrestled the Indies for like two decades. and. You you never thought he was gonna like ever actually get a chance. Like he'd done some stuff with Impact and NWA and stuff. That was really the extent of like his quote unquote like mainstream, uh, kind of a uh, presence. But it's why I mean he's one of the most over guys in the entire company of AEW. It's it's unreal. And Miro is doing the best work of his career by far right now, in my opinion. So uh, this was all great. How do you feel about uh, Miro retaining here over Eddie Kingston in the opener? I think it was the right move. I feel like, and I think we talked about this in our preview show. I feel like Miro has clearly established himself as a dominant champion, kind of like what he was with the United States Championship. Only this is like way better. 
Um, and I feel like he needs to win, even though I love Eddie Kingston and I love everything about Eddie Kingston. I love that he got to come out first and get that initial Chicago pop. I think that was brilliant. I love that. He deserves that. This was a great match. It was a big meaty men slap and meat match. It was fun. It was everything you would have expected. And I feel like that was a lot. That was like kind of a theme of all out was everything like was as advertised. It was very much an as advertised pay-per-view and you definitely got what you pretty much expected out of it, which is kind of scary sometimes when you go into a show with expectations. But as far as expectations for this match, I expected it to be hard hitting Miro's chest by the end was like ground beef. Oh my God. Looked like he had been slapped to hell. Looked awesome. Looked really badass. Uh, really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed at the, at the end how Miro seemed like too weak to even like hold the championship. <laughs> like he kept dropping the, t- the title. I think that's kind of like a testament to Eddie Kingston and how hardworking he was. I mean, I think the finish was right. But I don't think, like you said, I don't think Eddie Kingston like looks bad after this, but I just, it was the right move and Miro remains a dominant TNT champion. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, yeah, Kingston looked great in lot. That's the thing with Kingston. He loses most of his big matches in AEW, but he stays super over. So, like, he's not really, like, he's not losing anything by losing these matches. Like, he stays in a relevant spot on the show consistently. And even as, even if he's not doing it as a singles wrestler all the time, like, his allegiance with Moxley, there's always so many options there for Kingston to, to be involved. So, um, and yeah, I think it was the right call to have Miro retain. Like, he's doing really good work with the title. They're building him really well. Like I said, this is, in my opinion, this is by far the best Miro's ever looked in his career. So, like, just keep rolling with it while you can. And like you were saying about, like, the predictability, I think the, there, there was a lot of predictability, I think, in a lot of the outcomes of the matches, but, like, I have no problem with that at all. Cause they just, they're just delivering. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could be predictable if, your your finishes can be predictable if the matches aren't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like I say all the time. Good matches, storylines that make sense. It's literally all at one. So, like, this, the story's... The story makes sense. The story totally made sense. Like, everyone expected Mirror to win, but, like, Eddie Kingston also gave you a couple of spots there where, like, you felt like, oh, shit, he might, he might actually beat Miro. Like, there's... He yeah. created enough doubt, enough reasonable doubt with it. So, um... Yeah. Great stuff. I feel stuff. like the were uh, paced very well too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, I didn't realize Miro and Kingston was thirteen minutes. Like, it seemed shorter, but those guys went out there it, and it was just nonstop the whole time. Wow. Um, moving on, we had John Moxley defeating Satoshi Kojima. Uh, this was another really good one, uh, kind of similar to the Miro Kingston match yeah. in the sense that it was really oh, hard hitting. Felt a lot shorter. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, this one also uh, just about a minute shorter than the the Miro and Kingston match. But, you know, once again, nobody expected Kojima to beat Moxley, but Kojima looked really damn good in the match. He he held his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I mean, this was just really solid. You know, was it, was it what Tanahashi would have brought to the table? Probably not, and that's the only knock you could you could give this match at all is, like, but I didn't expect it to give what Tanahashi would have given us, you know? No, I agree. I feel the same way. But there was a lot of fans complaining that it wasn't Tanahashi. That's why I'm saying it. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's um, true, yeah. But because that that was the – that was that's who it's supposed to be. Yeah. But, um, but Kojima, like, 
the the cool thing about him too is like he's been wrestling for thirty years. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the AEW crowd, especially the Chicago crowd, they're gonna know who he is. But I think a lot of the audience watching from home might not, especially if they don't watch uh, Impact and, and haven't watched like All Japan historically and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So this was like a great introduction to Kojima, like because I think the fans that didn't know about him for if you somehow didn't know about Kojima going into this, like I think that leaves you wanting more of seeing him again. So great advertising for New Japan, yeah, great advertising and and for I mean I don't think they mentioned his his stuff with That's Impact right. at all, but right. but Impact Bill, <laughs> but yeah yeah Christian wore the Impact title too, and I don't think they even mentioned it. Um, but yeah, so, but after the match is, is really what, I mean, crazier. So Minoru Suzuki comes out to the ring and I mean, the the great thing is the crowd knew his, I, I, my Japanese is obviously very, very, very bad, but his theme song, there's a part where everyone, like all at the same time and like they knew it, they knew to do it. Minoru Suzuki is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Like one of my, he's one of my favorite hybrids of a guy who does mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. Uh, for people who don't know, like he founded Pancrase uh, Fighting, like which was like before the UFC existed. He's like he's involved in some of the earliest like mixed martial arts stuff ever, and he's still relevant. Is <laughs> huh? Does he have the cool entrances? Uh, what do you? No, no, no different never mind never mind uh but i mean he's he's an absolute legend like this guy is like and him and moxley have wrestled each other in japan before and for them to do it in the u.s this is going to be incredible um and they're going to make suzuki like a massive heel he's going to get a lot of cheers but they're going to do what they can to make sure that he's like portrayed as the heel in this and he even hit he does, his finishing move is he puts he puts someone in a in a rear naked choke a standing rear naked and then like as they're like like starting to pass out he'll turn it into a god style pile driver and oh. he and he did that to Moxley last night um so this was all awesome so yeah how did you feel about I mean obviously there's lots to kind of unpack there but how did you feel about Moxley getting the win over Kojima even though it was predictable and then the debut of Minoru Suzuki in AEW. I thought this whole thing was a banger. It was a very, was as advertised, like I said, as expected. You knew that Mox was going to go over. Who came out, you know, in a GCW hoodie, by the way. Oh, yeah, he did. The new you GCW know. champion. John That's Moxley. right. I, it's, you know, we're on an AEW pay-per-view with the GCW world champion who's wrestling someone from New Japan. I mean, it's, it's what an incredible time to be a wrestling fan. And, um, yeah, I thought... I, I'm really glad that Minoru Suzuki got the uh, the pop that he deserved. I feel like that was definitely... You needed a loyal Chicago crowd like that. I don't feel like you could have done that like on a Dynamite in like Minneapolis, you know? <laughs> yeah. I feel like a, a loyal Chicago crowd is going to know exactly who he is and going to give him the recognition and, and pop for the spot, the finisher that, you know, that he deserves. And I think that it got the reaction that they wanted. And I think, like you said, I think it'll get a lot of eyes on, you know, New Japan. And I feel like it'll get a lot of eyes on Moxley as well. I feel like it's good for business. And I'm really excited. I think, aren't they going to wrestle in Cincinnati? 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's going to be on the the homecoming show this uh, this week on Dynamite. I forgot they already announced that. Yeah, that's freaking crazy. Cincinnati, you lucky as heck. You're getting everybody. Yeah, I wonder because Cincinnati, Ohio, right? Yeah, it, it is in Ohio. That's where my husband's from. <laughs> and well, the only reason that I'm saying that I know it's in Ohio, but the reason I'm saying that is because. There's a group in oh yes GCW called Four Four O. That's and you know what? That is not far from Cincinnati. Dayton is not far from Cincinnati. That's what I'm getting at. Is like I think that there's a chance because it depends on how much they want to overlap the Forbidden Door. But Ricky Shane Page, who's the leader of Four Four O, has done some AEW dark recently, and he's really good friends with a lot of the people in AEW. And so, like, RSP has an in into the company if the company is interested. And it's in Chicago, or it's in Ohio, and they've already announced Moxley versus Nick Gage for October 9th at GCW. That's when their title match is going to happen. But we have about a month before then, and, like, maybe Nick Gage and Moxley team up against 440, and that storyline bleeds into AEW and GCW. That'd be pretty Ooh. insane. That would be nuts. But then again, I don't know what they're going to do with 440 after War Games. That's the only question mark for me is like, yeah, uh, the MDK gang definitively beat 440 in War Games and like finally ended that feud, hopefully. But like, it would be quite, there, there are certain members of 440 that I'm not like a huge fan of, mm-hmm. but as a stable, they're very interesting. And I think there's, I think RSP could be a really big star. And I think Atticus Kogar could be a really big star out of that group. So yeah. anyway, the reason I brought it up is because it's in Ohio, like maybe 440 actually makes an appearance. We'll see. Um, but this was all great stuff. Fucking sorry. Didn't mean to cuss there. Yeah. I absolutely. Absolutely loved it. Um, after that, we had Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Retained the AW World Women's Championship over Chris Statlander. How did you feel about this match? Because I thought it was pretty damn good. Yeah, this I feel like this was Britt Baker's best match, other than other than the one against Thunder Rosa. I feel like her and Chris Statlander gave us the match that we were supposed to get before, and I it was a really 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 good match. I was really really happy with it. I felt like the outside interference as well was enough. I liked the dynamic with Orange Cassidy out there. And uh, I just, no, I really liked this match. I felt like Chris Statlander still looked really, really, really good. Um, she does not look bad in this loss. But um, Britt Baker retaining, I feel like, was the right move. Yeah, Britt had to win. She hit a Panama Sunrise oh, during the right. match. So, Say like, that. yeah, you, you had to know. I mean, like, obviously, they were teasing Adam Cole pretty heavily, like, already. Especially, like, when Adam Cole did the lockjaw on his last NXT match and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, the hints were there, but, uh, yeah, Baker, Britt, Britt, Britt Baker had to win this match, and she did, and she, I mean, she's so over, like, you can't take the title off her, and, and she, the crazy thing about her is, like, she's still, like, if I had, if I had to, like, rank the women in AEW, like, from, like, overall, like, not just in the ring or on the microphone, but, like, overall best to worst, like, Britt Baker is still probably, like, like, I still think Thunder Rosa is an overall better performer. I still think that uh, Serena Deeb might be an overall, but she's still NWA. Um, but 
the point is, like, Britt Baker isn't even, like, completely top tier yet, in my opinion, as far as, like, complete, complete package. And the reason that I'm so excited about that is because she's already one of the most over people, man, woman, any gender, in the company. So, like, she's already one of the most over people in the whole company, and she hasn't even hit her top level yet. So, she like... Yeah, exactly. She hasn't even peaked yet. So, like, when she... When she, and it's and it's very little things. Like it's not she. She's still clearly above average, right? Like I'm not saying she's like just like anyone else. Like she's very very good. But like you can tell, there's little things about her game that when she tweaks a little bit here or there, she'll be on that level of like a Thunder Rosa. And, oh, for sure. And she's gonna just only get more and more popular, and only more and more over, and and better and better. So, and I can say the same about Statlander. Like Statlander isn't as over yet, but she's young, and she has plenty of time, and she's only gonna keep getting better. And she's already as good as she is now. I can say that about a lot of the AW roster. They have a lot of people that have not hit their prime yet, but they're already really over. So when they hit their prime. It, when it when it all comes together, their overness might be all the way here, but like their their prime is like here. Once the two of those things catch up together, that's when these people become like legitimate superstars, like not yeah. just like wrestling stars, like legitimate superstars that like people recognize outside of the wrestling bubble. Um, Britt Baker has a lot of mainstream appeal. Uh, there, there's I can't say enough good things about it, and I think Statlander. Once again, she could, it wouldn't have made sense for her to win this match. But I, I do think it's interesting how, and I think it's cool, how Orange Cassidy rarely ever communicates with anybody, like, just in general, right? Like, his interviews are usually one word or nothing at all or the half thumbs up and all that stuff. But he has full-on conversations with Chris Statlander. Yeah, I know. I loved it. I loved Orange Cassidy at ringside. It was so, the dynamic was so good. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, it's it's very interesting. It's interesting because, like, they're almost like a couple on the show. Yeah. And it's so, like, random because it's like, why would Orange Cassidy be so into Chris Statlander? And I think a big part of it is that she's an alien. Exactly. And, you know, and I think he's, like, you know, he, like, wants to know. He's, like, curious and, like, into alien. Because even, like, they had, like, alien graphics on their original Titantrons for the best friends yeah. and stuff. Like, they're just really interested in aliens, so it's like this crazy. Anyway, I I, I love it. Great dynamic. Yes. After that, in my opinion, this was the best match of the whole night. Oh uh, yeah. We had the Lucha Brothers defeat the Young Bucks to become the AEW Tag Team Champions. Uh, we talked about the entrances a little bit earlier, but I mean, just great stuff with uh with the live entrance for the Lucha Bros. And then the Young Bucks doing their thing and coming out and just being just cocky, arrogant jerks that they are. Uh, this was pretty damn near perfect as far as a ladder match. And I, I one thing I like about it is that they they didn't overuse jumping off the cage. Like, they pretty much reserved right. it for, like, one big spot. And... I mean, they, you guys did everything. I mean, these moves were nuts. The spots were nuts. I was, I had super high expectations for this. I, I, I even said, I think in our pre-show that this would be the best match of the night. I was really looking forward to the Kingston and Miro one for like different reasons, but yeah. the most exciting match was going to be this, this 
uh, this cage match, and they completely delivered. Uh, so, yeah, how do you feel about this one, Jesse? We got the Young Bucks losing the titles to the Lucha Bros in an incredible uh, cage match. I think from top to bottom, from beginning to end, this was, like you said, damn near perfect. And I think it's a real testament to AEW when my husband calls me as he gets, you know, because he goes to work at like 4 a.m. He calls me at work at 7 in the morning. He goes, Jessica, you know I'm a WWE fan through and through. He goes, but that Lucha Bros Young Bucks match was one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. When you can win over someone like that, like my husband, it's a real testament to how good this match was. It had pretty much everything I wanted. It had everything I expected. Um, I did actually, I did not expect the Lucha Bros to win. However, it worked. Like, th- this match could not lose. This was a really, really good hard-hitting match. At the end of the day, I was like, man, the Lucha Bros deserve it. Holy shit, what a match. What a moment. Like you said, they didn't overutilize the cage. They didn't, they didn't make it about the cage. They made the cage work for them in that match, which is, I think, really, really impressive. And it's really, really a testament to just how good the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks are. And I don't think, even as much as I would have loved Jurassic Express to be in this match, I don't think they would have pulled it off like the Lucha Bros did. And I feel like the right team won. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Young Bucks losing the titles, like, once they obviously it doesn't hurt the Young Bucks. They're they're made men in AEW forever, regardless. Um, the Lucha Brothers, like, this really helps them out. Because... They were already one of the most over, most valuable teams. Cause once I've talked about it plenty, but like the fact that you can have either guy do a singles run or match at any point too. Like the, the, there's so much variety option with the Lucha Brothers, with both of those guys. Um, you're mentioning your husband with my brother, you know, who's very, who watches a lot of wrestling, but doesn't really like a lot of it, but like he just sees so much of it cause he's around me so much. But mm-hmm. he's very critical of it. Like, he'll be very vocal about the stuff he doesn't like. Like, he'll really rub it in. Like, because like, I'll be sitting there enjoying something that he doesn't like. And he'll just tell me how stupid it is or whatever. But <laughs> he loves the Lucha Bros. Like, really? Like, yeah, like, to him, like, every time they're on. Because they're another one of those teams. It's similar. I, I bring up Dominic Greeny a lot when I talk about my brother. Because Dominic Greeny is this perfect example of a guy on the indies. He's currently injured, but when while he's healthy, he's on, like, everything I watch. So if, like, my brother's over, I could be watching independentwrestling.tv. I could be watching GCW. I could be watching MLW, uh, whether it's on YouTube, whatever, like, all these different platforms. And Dominic Greeny is on, like, almost every show that I watch when my brother's over. So to him, Dominic Greeny is, like, the king of independent wrestling because he's on the most stuff. When it comes to the Lucha Bros, it's kind of like that right now, too. Because when I watch AAA, the Lucha Brothers are on. So my brother sees them on AAA. When I watch AEW, my brother sees them on AEW. When I watch, uh, you know, classic Impact stuff through, like, Pluto TV or Twitch or whatever, like, the Lucha Bros, are in, and Pentagon in particular, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the stuff a handful of years ago with Impact Wrestling. And then, of course, like, various indie promotions and stuff. So I think my brother's been, like, really exposed to them. But every time they wrestle, he's like, this is the best match of the show. Like, every time they wrestle, like, even he recognizes, like, these guys are, like, just way better than most of the other people doing this. Yeah. And that, and that's it's It takes a special kind of team to make someone like that. Someone who's not familiar, who doesn't, 
who's not as versed in wrestling to, to get them to notice that and to even recognize that. It's, it, it's a testament to the Lucha Bros and their, their talent and their ability. Yes. The one thing about them I don't like, I say it all the time, but it's just... It's just a personal thing. I think they do too many of these these gimmicks, the Sarah Mato thing. I think they just do it too much, and they cost them too often. Like they're in a, like a winning position, and then they'll be like Sarah Mato, and then like their opponent will like reverse them. It's like why do you take the time to do that? Um, but my brother never complains about it. He just likes it for what it is. So it's like I think there's a lot of people like that that just they just don't care because the fans almost always do it with them. So like it gets a big pop. Yeah. It's like a yes chant kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. It just, I just don't like how it costs them so often. Like, we're like, Pentagon will have someone in a package pile driver in between his legs and be like, it's like, all you got to do is lift him up and drop it on their, right. drop him on their head, Pentagon, and the match is over. Just just do the move. And then he's like, yeah. looks around and like takes his glove off his hand or whatever. And then by the, t- by the time that he's done doing all that, he's been reversed. Um, right. <laughs> but, uh, but regardless, like I said, Lucha Brothers, awesome. Glad to see them as the tag team champions. And the Young Bucks are, I mean, it's, it's there are plenty of things for the Young Bucks to be doing right now without the titles as well. So plenty of yeah. options. And we, you mentioned Jurassic Express. I think Lucha Brothers and Jurassic Express will probably happen sooner than later, too. That'll be really yes, good. Yes, it'll be good. I know we got that for, like, the finals of the tournament. But, like, AEW does a really good job of, like, like, I don't think we'll get Lucha Brothers in, in Jurassic Express, like, next week. But if we got it in a couple months, there would be references to their match months ago. The callbacks, for sure. Exactly. There's going to be callbacks. And they and they space stuff out good enough. Like, with WWE, for instance, you see the same match, like, five weeks in a row. Or you'll see the same thing, like, five out of six weeks or five out of seven weeks or whatever. It's, like, very predictable in a different way than AEW's predictable. Predictable yeah. in, like a, in a way to which makes the show boring. And you wind up 50-50 booking people over and over again and nobody winds up hitting the next level because everyone just wins and loses, wins and loses. But in AEW, they've done a good job of like spacing this stuff. Like We've seen Heyman lose to Kenny Omega multiple times. But they haven't wrestled each other one-on-one in like... You know, since the since the uh, the tournament that Kenny won to become the champion, so it's yeah. gonna be so much time between then that like when Hangman beats Kenny, if that's what happens, no one's gonna be like, oh, they fifty fifty because like the match was like a year ago. Like it isn't. Right. It's much different when you're seeing it one week than the next week, than the next week, than the next week when you, you know, they space it really well. So yes, love it. Up next, we have Ruby Soho winning the twenty one woman Casino Battle Royale. She will get a shot at um, Britt Baker for the AEW Women's Championship. Uh, how did you feel about this match? And how do you feel about the debut and the W for Ruby Soho? This match worked just fine. I'm glad it was on the main card. Really, really happy for Ruby Soho. I feel like she deserves this. She's such a talented wrestler. I'm really excited to see where this goes. Just super happy for her. And you know what this match kind of proved to me is that AEW has a really good women's roster now. They've got a really, really good women's roster. They've got a lot of storylines that they could go with after this. And um, I feel like, you know, it's nowhere to go but up for the AEW women's division. And I'm really happy that we got two women's matches on the card. Yeah. Yeah. And there was able to showcase a lot of people on the show. Um, you know, the thing with Ruby Soho for me, I was going to be totally honest, like, Fully transparent, I'm kind of where I'm at with it. 
this is sink or swim, straight up. Like, you were brought in AEW, you're going to get a championship shot against the most over woman on the show, but not just that, one of the most over people in general on the entire show, in, in Britt yeah. Baker. So, like, this is it. Like, any any complaining that she may have done throughout, I'm not saying, like, her in particular, I'm just saying this This kind of goes in general for all, this, this statement can be made about a lot of wrestlers right now. If you were unhappy where you were before, and you were vocal about it in any way, shape, or form, or you feel like you deserved more, or, you know, you feel like you, you were underutilized, or whatever, you're getting, like, she's a great example. You are getting a chance right now to sink or swim at the highest level. Because you're getting put in a position where, like, if you go out there and you have a great match against Britt Baker, like, I expect Britt to retain, which I think she should. But yeah. if Soho goes in there, and this is, like, a really good match, Soho, like, her dreams have come true. Like, like you're good yeah. to go from now on. Like, you are, you're going to... Prove the other company wrong. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I need to see that first. Like, I, I'm not... I, I'm happy to see Ruby Soho in the company... It's not like I dislike Ruby Soho. I like her as much as the next person does. But all I've seen of her in the last handful of years is what I've seen on the WWE TV. I remember her as a, but a Heidi Lovelace, I think was her name, back yeah. on the Indies. And, like, she had a lot of buzz about her pre, uh, pre-WWE. pre And I thought she was, like, pretty good. But, like, there's been just so many years now of her just being so, like, mediocre because of how she was presented on the WWE that what I what I got out of this from All Out though was she came out the crowd popped really big for her. She looked really good in what she needed to look good in. Like she the moves she needed to hit that were important to that match last night she hit. Like and that's yeah. all that's all you can do, right? Like it's a battle royal with twenty something people. Like you're gonna get a couple big spots as long as you just hit those spots. Like that's all you can ask for. Yep. And she nailed them. Like she hit her spots. So. She's putting, she's getting put right in the fire. Like, if her match against uh, Britt Baker is good, Ruby Soho is going to be one of like the upper mid card to main event level women in AEW going forward. If the match isn't good, you know, she could be proving a lot of her haters right. You know, we don't know. We have to see how she yeah. does. Yep. Um. So, but I, but once again, the fact that she's getting the opportunity—that's what's important here. They're taking a chance. They're they're giving her a big opportunity. AEW or WWE never did this with her. You know what I mean? That's why I'm, that's why I have to make this comparison is because a lot of people wanted Ruby Soho as Ruby Riot to get a big push in WWE, and it just never happened. She's getting that push in AEW, so we'll see what happens. Yep. Um, and also shout out to Thunder Rosa. You know. Yes, always, that was so. <laughs> always looks good great. out there. Also, yeah. uh, Sky Blue, cool to see her get an opportunity, uh, hometown yeah. person. You know, a lot of really Great. good talent in that women's uh, battle royal. Love Layla Hirsch. I mean, there's a, Jade Cargill yeah. is going to be a massive star for them. Once she is a little less green, she's going to get so good. Mm-hmm. So, great stuff. Like you said, Jesse, the women's, the future of the women's division is in really good hands. They'll, they'll continue to pepper in high level women over time. Like, there, there, there's going to be more that will come in. And they have, they have laid a very, very good foundation now. They, there was a long, there was a, a couple years where people thought like that the women were like the weak part of the show and the, the, the company wasn't paying enough attention. It takes time sometimes, y'all. Like they, they, when AW started, they already had this base of male talent that was like 
world class. With the women, it just it was taking longer because they were having to take like mainly women from the indies that don't just don't have the kind of experience in exposure. So then you can even compare them to like Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, Bailey, and all that. You just can't like they. But now, after a couple years, now we are starting to hear like people talking about Britt Baker, like she. Like, people wanted to see her and Deanna Perrazzo or her and Charlotte one day and all this stuff. Like, we're getting there, y'all. So, like, no more complaints, in my opinion, from women's wrestling fans when it comes to AEW. Don't complain anymore. Like, we have, this is a solid roster, and it's going to continue to get better. And the wrestlers on the roster, they're going to continue to get better, too, because a lot of them haven't even hit their prime yet. So, oh, you know, yep. just... Bright. Just stay just stay patient with the women's division because it's it is it is looking it's looking really good right now. Yes, Liam with a super chat. Liam is great. He didn't put anything there, but I'll tell you right now. Subscribe to Liam's YouTube channel. He's a real sweet kid. He's got a hilarious Twitter. He always schools nerds. He's awesome. He's the coolest kid ever. Love you, Liam. Thank you, Liam. We very much appreciate your super chat, man. Um, and if you want to like ask a question or something, feel free to just put it in the regular chat since you sent a super chat without anything attached to it. We'll give you a little bit for your money there. Um, after that, we had Chris Jericho over MJF. Uh, the stipulation was, you know, obviously if Jericho lost, he was going to have to retire. Um, all this. His, mm-hmm. flat hell. <laughs> huh? His entrance was flat as hell. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, I, I, I feel like we should just get that right out of the way. So, I don't know if it was, I think it was the, I'm assuming the guitarist for Fozzie. I don't I have no idea what the guy looks like, um, but that was probably him. The, I, they needed a drummer. Yeah. I, I appreciate the idea of what they were attempting to do, but the problem with doing it the way they did, it's really hard when, so when, so the, Obviously, when they did the no the no music thing with him and MJF before, the crowd knew ahead of time to be ready for that. Like, they didn't have, yeah. like, the lyrics, like, up on a screen, but everyone had their phones out and stuff. Like, people were ready for it. With this, it was badass to hear just, like, the guitar riff of the song. Like, I thought that was pretty cool. That was sweet. But the problem was the fans didn't know it was coming, so they didn't know to be ready. So by the time they realized what was happening, like half the fans were already on like a different part of the song than the other part of the fans. And then on top of that, and I'm sure you, like, you know, this from going to wrestling shows and concerts and stuff and people in the chat will, will understand as well. Like depending on how big the building is and how the sound bounces and like echoes, Sometimes you think that you are on cue with the other side of the building, but you're actually a couple seconds behind because of the time it takes for the sound to travel. So it happens a lot in football games where there might be like a dueling chant and like, yeah. and you think you're on the same page, but you hear it on, on the TV and it just sounds like a mess because you, y'all think you're doing it together, but you're not. And that kind of happened with Jericho's entrance. Like, I yeah. think it was a mixture of all those things. The fans weren't ready, the sound bouncing, they, them thinking they were all at the same spot. And then the sad thing was the very clear cue when it was like the, what have I become part? Like, huh? they were all off. So, like, no, it just didn't sound right. It just didn't work. It didn't work. sound right. The guitar sounded way too loud on television. That's a good point as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's... I appreciate the effort and the idea. That would have been real sad if that was Jericho's last match, and that's how it, how that it kicked off. Really <laughs> but, uh... But that said, got it out of the way. I've said it plenty of times. I'm not afraid to say it. Like, Chris Jericho's my favorite wrestler of all time. Like, if I had gun to my head, someone said, like, you gotta choose one, it'd be Chris Jericho. I thought that this match was really, really good. Yes. Um... How did you feel about the restart? I don't... So, in general, I don't love the idea of doing that. Not just in this match, but in any match. It's just really overdone. I remember... Like, the first time I remember getting really upset about it was back in... It was probably 1998. Someone in the chat will know that for sure. But it was Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan. And Roddy Piper beat Hogan, but it turned out that his foot was under the ropes... And the match restarted. And I remember even then, because I was probably like eight years old or, or maybe ten years old. I remember then being like, this is bullshit. Like, like that shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Like, what? And, um, but... The announcers were like, this is bullshit. Yeah. So, you know, and, and one... So in there, but here's overall, like, really why I have an issue with that kind of stuff is because there's no consistency like, we see a yeah. lot of stuff where people's feet are on the ropes or someone gets low blowed or whatever, and another referee doesn't come out and do anything about it. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, and I, I agree. I don't like it done a lot. There's a lot of problems with it. There's a lot of plot holes that happen because of it. But I felt like because this was supposedly Jericho's last match, I feel like there was a lot more weight put on this, and I feel like it kind of warranted that kind of, extra analysis by the other official. Yeah. However, it done a lot. And I, I don't think that it needs to be done a lot. Yeah. And Kogan says 1997. I think you're right, Kogan, for the Piper-Hogan uh, match that I'm referring to. The thing that they did here, too, Jesse, is they... They... And once again, this 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 goes against what I generally like about certain stuff about wrestling, but, like... In this sense, and I know I'm biased because it's Jericho, and I love MJF. I was a huge supporter of MJF before he was in AEW. Like, I, I got mm -hmm. to see him live in front of, like, 15 people in Nashville years ago. Like, when he was still doing Fosbury. I remember you that story, oh, yeah. yeah. he was doing, like, Fosbury flops to the outside. So, like, the guy can do some pretty crazy moves. He just doesn't anymore because he wants the heat. But, like, I've seen a lot of MJF over the years in his very short career. I'm, a very, I'm biased. I'm a very big fan of both of these guys. So what I'm about to say kind of goes against how I generally feel about this stuff, but in this case, I liked I liked the false finish with the foot on the rope, and I liked the 50-50 booking because they pretty much 50-50'd in one match because they had they made it look like I I honestly think the the big goal of that on top of what you just said about how when, you know it's Jericho's career was on the line so you like the the added drama is there, but. Mm -hmm. This also protects MJF because he's exactly. always going to have the out of being like, I pinned him for three seconds on the mat. Like, I, I got screwed over on some technicality. So you basically saw MJF win and Chris Jericho win in the same match. So, and then at the end of the day, MJF's like four and, well, they say he was 0-3 against Jericho also going into, or 3-0 and against Jericho going into this, which I don't fully agree with either because they count the Blood and Guts match but they don't count Stadium Stampede. Huh. You know what I yeah. mean? Because, like, MJF beat 
Inner Circle in or Pinnacle beat Inner Circle in Blood and Guts, but Inner Circle beat Pinnacle in Stadium Stampede, but they seem to not ever mention that. So yeah. just want to throw that out there. But regardless, yeah, to answer your question, Jesse, I I in this particular case, I didn't mind uh how it all went down, but in general I don't usually like finishes like that. Yeah. So how do you feel about Jericho keeping his career, though? Are you excited to see? Because I mean, there's still a lot of stuff you can do. Oh yeah, and and I and I'm totally fine with that. And uh, Corey's super chat, thank you so much, Corey. Kind of goes along the lines of this. Um, Jericho isn't going to retire at the high time of wrestling. You guys are awesome. It was Super Brawl, Stephen Hogan versus Piper. Um, yeah, I thank you so much, Corey. You rock. Love you, Corey. Uh, Jericho definitely is not going to retire at the high time of wrestling, but he did convince us that he could just stick on commentary, but thank God. Um, but yeah, this is the best time to be a professional wrestling fan. And I, I think Jericho wants to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And there's just so many options. I've talked about it before. Like the dude got his feet wet in the death match against Nick Gage. If he wanted yeah. to, he could just show up in GCW. Like, I mean, yeah. Why not? We're living in that world. They're doing a Corazon, I can't say the name, Lionheart in Spanish, Corazon de Leon, Corazon de Leon. Corazon. They're they're doing one of his, like, AEW's making throwback figures for for guys. They're calling luminaries. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, they're making a Jericho pre-ECW, pre-WCW Mexico slash Japan what? version of Chris Jericho for an action figure. <laughs> like, awesome. Um, Tim Last mentions in the chat, he says that he wishes that MJF's first loss wasn't on, uh, was on a less predictable show. You gotta keep in mind, Tim, that wasn't MJF's first loss. He lost to John Moxley for the title. Um, oh, I was there for that. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was like, you know. That was all out last year. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, he may have lost, I can't remember if he's been pinned by anyone else, but, but he definitely lost to Moxley. That may have been it though. Um, but it wasn't his first loss is my point. But, but the, but the other thing about it though, Tim is like, as far as the way AEW is, is presenting this, MJF is now three and one against Jericho is how they're, how they're spinning it. So you know, people can say Jericho won the feud at the end of the day because he keeps his career, but like the record book's going to show that MJF has Chris Jericho's number. So yeah. this works on a lot of levels. Um, up next, we had CM Punk making his return to the pro wrestling ring for the first time in seven years, getting the win over Darby Allen. How do you feel about this one, Jesse? How do you think CM Punk looked out there? And how do you feel about him beating Darby in his return? I was very nervous going into this. I was very, very scared that it would not deliver. Uh, I knew initially CM Punk was going to have, you know, some cobwebs to dust off. And I feel like, like I said, for this whole pay-per-view, this match was paced very, very well. I The one spot I loved was when he hit the go-to-sleep, the GTS, and then Darby fell on the outside. Yeah. That a really, really good spot. Was that a GTS? That was yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, he sold it. Perfect. He sold it under yeah. under the middle and bottom rope, just right through him. Yes, I thought that was that was a perfect spot for a guy who just came back after seven years. And I feel this match really solidified to me how good Darby Allen is and how perfect of a feud Darby Allen was 
for CM Punk because C- CM Punk looked great with Darby Allen in there. I felt like by the end of it, CM Punk was fully back. I think that CM Punk winning was the right call here. Loved the end, loved the handshakes, loved the mutual respect, loved Sting getting in there. I I thought this match was just what it needed to be. It was as advertised, and it was very well paced. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I thought it was... In, I, 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 I don't know if interesting is the right word, but he was wearing like the full wrestling pants. He's never worn those before. Yeah. Um, but I do like wrestlers do that throughout their career though. The ones that continue to reinvent themselves. A lot of the times, a lot of time at some point in a wrestler's career, if they've been around long enough, they'll switch from like the trunks to the pants, to the speedo to whatever, like they'll switch it up a little bit over their career. Um, I thought it was a good look for punk though. Like I, I was hoping he was going to wear his fight shorts. Like he used to in ring of honor. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, this is a totally new version of what CM Punk is. So yeah. I like it. I like the change. Me too. And it gives him more real estate to put stuff that he wants. I mean, that's one giant advantage of wearing pants is like you can put more uh, design and stuff. You have more room to put logos and whatnot all over them. Yes, for sure. Um, one thing I really liked about this match is they didn't play into Punk's MMA run at all. I don't um, <laughs> But what I think is smart, like, because I'll be honest, like, so CM Punk was on commentary for, I guess it was Rampage for um, Dana Garcia and John and uh, Darby Allen, mm-hmm. um, and at one point in the match, like, I think I can't remember who had who, but like, we'll just say Punk had Garcia in a rear naked choke. He was trying to he was trying to put him in a sleeper basically, and. Punk was on commentary and he was like, he was like, yeah, it looks like, you know, Garcia's uh, rear naked choke defense isn't very good, blah, 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 blah. And he was like critiquing his, like, his submission defense, basically. And yeah. all I was thinking was like, bro, yeah. th- you tapped out to this move yeah. when you were fighting. Like, you got choked out by a rear naked choke and tapped out. Like, you're not the right person to be having these conversations. But, right. But that being said, See, what I was worried about in a match like this was, like, I thought he might come out and instead of doing... Because I I thought it was good how he did a lot of, like, pro wrestling. He put put him in, like, a a stretch and he put him in a headlock and he put... And he was doing, like, wrestling stuff. It would have been strange to me if he came out there and, and, like, Darby Allin standing there and CM Punk's out there, like, like, throwing, like you know, spinning back fists again or, or like, you know, like using his footwork and trying to get like a single leg takedown and all this. It was like, so I thought, I thought the, the move choices from punk were really smart because like it reestablished him as a professional wrestler and not what I was afraid of, of like some hybrid MMA UFC guy. Cause like you can pull that off if you're good in the UFC, but it, it CM Punk's run was so bad that like it had, so my point is, this was done perfectly in my opinion. Like, I think everything was done perfectly. CM Punk winning was smart. The moves he used were smart. Darby Allen looked awesome in defeat. CM Punk, or uh, Sting let, let his son Darby go out there and do it on his own. And after the match, he came in and, and, and told his son how, how, how proud he was of him for his effort, you know? So it was yes. like, it was just... This is good stuff all the way around. Punk winds up shaking both their hands. We're living in a world where Sting and, and CM Punk are in the ring together shaking hands. I mean, this is so, insane. So wild. So, 
Um, so yeah, can't say enough good things about it. I thought this match was awesome. I thought this was literally, this was the perfect return match for CM Punk. Could not have gone better, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And Darby like, Allen was the perfect opponent. Yes. So, and the great thing about Darby is, like, everyone's talking so highly of him. When when they did that, the um, post-fight uh, press conference with Adam Cole and, and Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson, and CM Punk and all those guys... They're all mentioning Darby every chance they can. Like, he's going to be their, the face of that company soon enough. Yeah, for sure. So, awesome stuff. Two thumbs up. For um, sure. After that, we had the match that was put here specifically to get the crowd to come down a little bit before they came back up for the main event. Um, we this had, was the break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This you was, saw everyone leaving to go to the bathroom. Yeah, th- this was, this was like, uh, at WrestleMania 30, when I was there in uh, in New Orleans, when Brock Lesnar beat Undertaker for the streak, and everybody was like, they had no idea what was happening, right? And then the next match was this like women's tag match or something that I re- <laughs> I legitimately don't even remember happening. Like I just I only know of it because like when I look at the the lineup for the card, it's like it's there. But I don't remember it at all because everyone was so in shock over what happened that no one was even paying attention to to the match, and and then by and then the next match was Brian Danielson winning the world title. Um, so, but that was like the buffer, right? It was like this weird like match that nobody cared about. That's how I felt about this as well. <laughs> yeah, I not give two rats asses about this match. It was short. It was sweet. The finish fine. It was there to let everyone chill the hell out for a second. And it was just, it was fine. It wasn't unnecessary. It was just there. Yeah. This established a couple of things for me. One is that I really don't need to see the big show wrestling anymore. Like I, I if, if he's going to do it every now and then that's fine. Like if, it, if it's a novelty <laughs> thing, you know, no problem with that, but I don't want to see him as like a regular part of the show. He just doesn't, he just doesn't do it for me at this point. Um, QT Marshall, I think, overachieves consistently, like, based yeah. on what you're expecting. I think he does pretty good. Um, and once again, I, big shows like one, or Paul White, he's, he's one of the best big men of all time. Like, for his size, the things he's accomplished, like, he is one of the best, quote-unquote, big men ever. But one thing I'll say that I, I liked, he when he hit the choke slam at the end of the match, he went down to a knee with it, like he used to, like, he rarely, he rarely does that anymore because it's really hard on his body. But he went all the way down, showstopper style. I liked that, even though he went down a little more gingerly than he used to. <laughs> but I can't get over, I'm not going to lie, I can't get over the theme song for the big show. For, for Paul World. <laughs> yeah. It's, World. It's, That's all you It sounds like if Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park were parodying the, the old big show WWE yeah. music. What's all you need? You need just the world. <laughs> I'm not the big show. There's a YouTube video out there where it's just the world for like 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a waste of time for somebody to do that. Such a brilliant time. That's so funny. I'm not the big show anymore. <laughs> no more BS. <laughs> No more breers. <laughs> but hey, I will say this. I'm happy that the Bay Show is still involved. Like I'm sure he had a 
freaking blast doing this. Oh, yeah. And good on him. Like I said, as a novelty, a couple times a year, no problem with something like this from the big show. Uh, as something regular, I don't I don't see this holding up super well if it's a regular thing. But I don't I don't expect it to be a regular thing, so Yeah, me either. Perfectly placed to bring the crowd was super, super hyped for CM Punk. Gets to chill out for a little bit and then super hyped for the main event, which was Kenny Omega retaining the AEW World Championship over Christian Cage. In my opinion, a really damn good match. Uh, Kenny Omega sells the kill switch better than anyone I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Yes. I mean, and that's, that's the reason that's so important to me is because the kill switch is a goofy move. It just is. And I'm pretty or whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's a goofy move. The setup's strange. The fact, the idea, I'm not saying I dislike the move, by the way, but the idea that you could take somebody and turn them the way that Christian turns them. And then have them behind you with your arm. Like, it's such an unbelievable move. Like, as far as, like, this would never, ever, ever work in real life. Like, yeah. a lot of wrestling moves wouldn't, but a lot of them would. Like, you'd be surprised at how often someone in, like, the UFC actually uses a move that I've seen in pro wrestling before. But, yeah. but the Unprettier is not one of them. Now, the reason I say all this is because... In the context of professional wrestling, it's a cool-looking move. There's a lot of goofy, unrealistic elements to it, but at the end of the day, it's a pretty cool move because it's unique. Christian's the first person I've ever seen, I've ever seen use it. Like it, but the problem I've always had with it is the landing from the opponents because once Christian gets you there, a lot of people don't know how to fall to make it look good. So Christian usually loses them on the way down. They just kind of have to, like, face plan or, like, land on their side or with, like, a knee up or whatever. Kenny Omega just face plants into the side of his face every time. <laughs> like, it's perfect. Yeah. So perfect. It's really a testament to how good Kenny Omega it is. It really is. Kenny Omega, like, the selling of that move. Because he'll, he'll, he'll land face first while his legs are still up in the air. So, like, it just looks like he's just eating, just eating it, right? Just right into the ground. So... Kenny yeah, Omega I mean, deserves a lot of credit for that. He does because, you know, he sells the paradigm shift really well, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, the things Kenny Omega is doing, like, he really, in my opinion right now, he's the best wrestler in the world in any company. Zero um, question. So, yeah, this was really good stuff. Uh, Christian, uh, hats off to Christian. Like, yeah. Dude can kill. Yeah. For a guy who was out for, like, seven years himself... Uh, I mean, and he's always been talked about so highly from the other wrestlers about how great he is in the ring and how smart he is and how, how good of a wrestling mind he is and how underutilized he always was throughout his whole career. It's good to see him get moments like this because, you know, he's still the Impact champion. Uh, him and Ace Austin is going to be fire in, uh, in Impact. And he's got a lot of good stuff going on. He's still going to be really involved with AEW, involved with Impact. Like, this is a great time to be Christian Cage. Um, but Kenny Omega had to retain this title, especially because of what happened after the match. So any thoughts on this match? Then we'll talk about uh, the aftermath a little bit, and we'll get out of here, because I know I've already run run longer than what... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know we we were trying to do about an hour. We're looking at about an hour and a half, so... It's all right. Um, no, I thought this match was good. I... I... I think I like the Rampage match better, but this match for what it was, especially because it was kind of, it was more about what was going to happen afterwards, and it was more about what happened before it, two matches before it. 
I feel like it delivered just fine. It was, like I said, it was predictable, but it was good. That top rope one winged angel was insane. That uh, was the top rope. Well, didn't he do it off the top rope? He, well, Christian was sitting on the top rope. Uh, Omega did it from the second rope, but I mean, it looked, it, it was an incredible finish. Yeah. yeah. It looked really cool. And I feel like he kind of needed like a big finish like that, especially after that rampage match. I thought it was great. Obviously, what happened afterwards was game changing. But, uh, like you said, hats off to Christian. Hats off to Kenny Omega for putting on an absolute banger of a main event. And uh, Kenny Omega is still your champion. Kenny Omega wins. Great match. Great finish. Christian looks great, even though he lost. And you can say that about every loser of this show. Anyone who lost was elevated, even though they lost. <laughs> like, yeah. there's a way to do it. It's totally possible. And AEW is doing it. After the match, uh, you know, the, the Young Bucks are beating down Christian. Jurassic Express, a uh, couple others, like, go out to the ring. They're getting beat down by um, by the elite and all that stuff, and uh, the lights go out after after Adam Cole mentions like or after uh, Kenny Omega mentions like anybody who could possibly be for this title is either I think he said either he said something like retired or dead one of the, yeah it, but the last thing he said was dead and right when he said dead I was like. Adam Cole's coming, like because they killed Adam Cole and being the elite, he's a ghost. So you you knew when right when he said that dead, I was like, oh my god, like this is gonna be. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, damn, everyone was expecting Brian Danielson, but they still got Danielson. Like he's gonna, he's still coming, but like this is still huge. And the lights go out. Adam Cole comes out. His new music's awesome. Like th- this is gonna fit him perfect. And he comes out, he teases fighting the elite, and then super kicks Jungle Boy, and he's yep. like, he's like, what do you guys expect? These guys are my best friends. <laughs> yeah, great. This was so so good, and they picked up right where they left. Like this is the this right. is the squad from from five years ago. Um, best friends when they can pick up right where they left off. Yeah, this incredible stuff. So this has all happened, and then Kenny's doing his "I bid you adieu, good night, or uh, good goodbye, night, goodbye, mwah, good night, bang, or whatever he does." And out comes Brian Danielson, and oh my god! Now, when the music initially hit, I was like, "Oh, they're using this WWE song because, like, I know it's unlicensed, and you know, I was everyone was expecting to hear the, but." Once again, we've already talked about it. For whatever reason, they couldn't get the song. I can get past that, though, because we have Brian Danielson in AEW. It's real. It happened. Adam Cole is in AEW. It's real. It happened. There's more he- coming. <laughs> what? Okay. Is here. Ruby Soho is here. It's game-changing. Yeah. This is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I love this pay-per-view. I love the, the ending. I loved all the debuts. Uh, I know there's recency bias is a real thing. Oh, and thank you, Corey. I did call it, didn't I? Thank you, buddy. For the shout out there. But the recency bias is is real. Like that's a that's a real thing. But honestly, and once I'm gonna have to revisit this in a few weeks. But the way I'm feeling about it right now, this is legitimately one of the best 
pro wrestling pay per views I've ever watched. And, oh, for sure. Yeah, and I don't I don't say that lightly. I have watched hundreds, if not like potentially thousands at this point. Between if you count like indie shows and all that stuff, like thousands of these kind of shows, right? And this is this was as good as you're going to see. I mean, and the and the crazy thing is because of the roster they've built and the people behind this company, there's no reason to not, to think that this won't happen the next pay per view. Like you're gonna, it's gonna keep happening. We're gonna keep getting super high level stuff, and the Forbidden Door and everything involved there. I mean, there's just so much good stuff going on, and uh, this is what I'll this is what I'll end it on for like for my thoughts on the show, and then I'll pass it to you for your closing thoughts on it. But this is, the, I think, the, the the most realistic way to look at what's happening right now in the in the world of wrestling slash sports entertainment. WWE is is a, a massive brand name. They are a brand name in that logo, similar to like a McDonald's or a Coca-Cola or whatever. They are... I, I don't know if AEW will ever be the brand name that WWE is. I don't know. I don't know if it's even possible. Um, now, we always talk about it. The direction WWE is going, you know. That's the direction they're going. It is where is where they're headed towards, you know, more children's programming, all that stuff. Which, once again, I've said a thousand times. If I was a kid and Sting teamed up with the Power Rangers and I was six years old, that would have been the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. So, like, I don't, I don't knock the WWE for going the direction they're going. Um, I don't, I don't like it as someone who's in my thirties, but I also have the options to just watch other stuff. If I was a little kid, I'd be super hyped up on what's happening on WWE right now. So. Mm-hmm. But that all said, I think it's I think it's very fair at this point to make the distinction that WWE in the in the world of the landscape of, of all whatever all this is, WWE is the biggest brand name in entertainment when it comes to this. Entertainment. But the best professional wrestling company in the world right now is AEW. There it, when you're talking strictly professional wrestling, it's, I don't think it's even close what AEW is doing right now versus what WWE is doing. So enjoy the ride y'all. Like this is, it is unreal that like 10 years ago, even if you, if someone would have told me this would happen, I would have never believed it. Like this is insane what we're getting from AEW right now. So once again, just enjoy the ride because this is, we are seeing a legitimate revolution happening in the world of professional wrestling and AEW is at the forefront of it. And they're bringing all these other companies along with them. So, uh, incredible stuff. I can't, I, I am, this was a, I rarely give ratings out for shows, but this was, man, this was like a 9.8 out of 10. Like, I mean, I, I can't give anything a 10 out of 10, I don't think, because I got to give some sort of room if something better comes along, but this is as good as it's going to get. Like it is a, a 9 out of 9.10, 9.8 out of 10. I mean, this is like, I rarely go past like a seven five on a review. Like this is like a nine point eight. So Jesse, closing thoughts, and then we'll get out of here. I I feel like AEW is the best professional wrestling company in the world, and I think that really the reason that the deal this massive kind of over a lot of them, most of they didn't assign like right what they to grow. And the eight kids, they 
proved that they could have AEW has proven in two years now, they proved that they aren't just a fad. They're not just a wrestling company that's a flash in the pan. They proved that they're a slow burn and that they're here to stay. And I feel like it's resonated with not only the fans, but more importantly, the talent and the pool of talent that's out there. And with this big kind of shift that you just saw right now in this moment, this will be a historic moment for the history books in the in the world of professional wrestling and like you said i i really don't even want to compare it to wwe at this point because they're both kind of doing their own thing so i'm just going to sit back and enjoy it because much fun right now and i don't want anything to take away from that yeah for sure and uh, i can't stress it enough if you like shows watch them like if you like what mm-hmm. wwe's doing watch it if you like what aw's doing watch it like what GCW is doing, watch it. If you like what IWTV is doing, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, MLW, CMLL, AAA, whatever. I can go on and on. New Japan Pro Wrestling. If you like it, watch it. That simple. There's a lot of options. It's the best time ever to be a pro wrestling fan. We got a last second super chat from an account in a, it's, it's in a scripture here that I cannot read. Um, but I really, really appreciate the super chat. Um, it says love from Dubai. So, dude, I say dude, I don't know if this is a man, woman, non-binary, I have no idea, but whoever you are from Dubai, thanks for watching. That's incredible. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Much love to Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. This is wild. I know, uh, I I wonder if you're an MMA fan also. If you're new to this, uh, to this chat, uh, if you like MMA, make sure to follow me over. We'll plug all our stuff, but make sure to follow me on Twitter because there's a lot of, a lot of really big MMA fans in Dubai as well. Um, so yeah, this is uh, Tim says Jesse using that sprint uh, that sprint phone. You were cutting a little in and out on your final thoughts. Oh, People were giving you crap for your right. uh, your cell phones. No, it, most of it came through though. Um, okay. But uh, but yeah, I'm not going to take the time to put all the sponsor stuff on here because I know yeah. we gotta we gotta rush out. So I'm just going to yeah. say this real quick. Um, Jesse, actually, go ahead and plug all your stuff real quick. Then I can do my stuff really quick before we get out of here. Well, I'm just going to say, um, you know, use my Papa John's pizza code, Jesse25. Me and uh, Jamie are going to record our K-Babes podcast later today. Make sure to go to iTunes, search K-Babes. Um, give us a five-star review if you'd like and follow us there. And subscribe to the YouTube channel because that's when you know we'll go live. Give this video a thumbs up if you liked it. We love our chat. Thank you so much for the super chats and the likes and the love in the chat. We we really appreciate our chat. and. Really glad to see all these new faces in the chat, and we love you guys. And so just give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Hell yeah. And uh, person from Dubai, let us know your name in the chat if you're still seeing this, because I'd like to be able to refer to you as, you know, know your name so that I'm not, like, just saying Dubai person. If I could read your username, I would, but I I can't. Um Although I do want to learn another language soon. Like, I've really, really been teetering on trying to learn Japanese. So... Not... Duolingo. I have that app, Duolingo. I've been learning Japanese on that. Oh, have you? Has it been working? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hajijimashite. Hajijimashite. <laughs> I think it's nice to you. I, I know that line from Three Ninjas Kickback. They say that when yeah. they meet the Japanese people. That's so funny. Um <laughs> Um, make sure to uh, subscribe to Jesse's OnlyFans. I don't know if you plugged that or not just now. No. 
But yeah, please do. Yes, I got it highlighted on the screen for y'all right now. So please. check out our OnlyFans. If y'all want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Fight Talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Ew. One Man Show Podcast? That's the person in Dubai. Is that his name? I guess that's what he wants us to plug. Okay, I'll call uh, One Man Show Podcast. Okay, well, there you go. And he subscribed to the channel. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, normally I put all the all the sponsor stuff up on the screen. I, we, me and Jesse have already run long. And thank you, Jesse, because I know we were trying to get mm-hmm. like an hour. But a lot to get to. Uh, just make sure to... Uh, 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 support the sponsors of the show. Support Music City Toys and Collectibles. Get your pro wrestling memorabilia from them. Nice people, fair business. They have a location at 101 West Main Street in Watertown, Tennessee. Check out all their social media at Music City Toys and at Music City Toys and their website at MusicCityToys.biz. Uh, make sure to check out WrestleRumble.com, the place to be for fantasy pick'em contests for professional wrestling and giant giveaways. They're always giving away belts and prizes and money and. Awesome stuff. That's at WrestleRumble.com. Make sure to follow them on all social media at WrestleRumble to stay up to date with their contests and their raffles. Shout out to my brother Brian Jensen. Follow him on Instagram at BoxingATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. He can help you with a wide variety of stuff from losing weight to competing professionally or in an amateur level, even neurological issue. Dependent doesn't doesn't matter what age you are or, or what skill level you are. If you have uh, even like dystonia or um, Parkinson's or anything like that. Brian is certified in a wide variety of things. Once again, all ages are welcome. All skill levels are are welcome. Brian can help you in person in Atlanta, Georgia at the gym he owns, Steel Boxing and Athletics. Or he can can meet you in person if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area at your business, in a park, uh, at your house, whatever. Or he can do Zoom calls, Skype meetings uh, remotely to anywhere in the world. So once again, follow him on Instagram at BoxingATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. And with all of our sponsors, if you hit them up and say, me and Jesse sent you their way, I promise you get a really good deal. And also use my code FIGHTTALK, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K, all is one word, no space, on independentwrestling.tv or iwtv.live and help support this channel. And you can watch a lot of great independent professional wrestling there. So that's going to do it for me. Jesse, anything last second before we sign off here? Great time to be a wrestling fan. I had lots of fun. Yes. Best time ever to be a fan of professional wrestling. Um, if y'all are watching this and want to hop over, I'll be on the True True Heel Heat podcast. We're doing a round table in about 15, 20 minutes. I'll put a link up on my Twitter uh, once we're live. So just keep a lookout for that. Once again, at uh, 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So we're going to jump, jump over there, talk more um more all out. I'll be doing my show with Doug tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern, live rounds. And then me and Jesse will be back uh, sometime either later this week or early next week. So that okay. said, enjoy more pro wrestling. Best time ever to be a wrestling fan. And we'll see you next time. Bye.